Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. This is Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This is Podcast 374. Let's learn those psychological techniques, 10 of them. The techniques, the tricks, the tips to sell more, to persuade faster. Those mind hacks, the secret of the masters. If you're wondering what's taking so long, you want to unlock your potential. You see others that aren't that sharp that are persuading more people than you. This is the podcast for you. 10 psychological techniques backed by scientific research. It's like influence spray. They're going to resist. You go, Psh, they said, okay, I'll take 10. There we go. That's what we're talking about. Thanks for being here. I'm crazy tired. 25 hours of Zoom online Adobe type webinars this week. And we're going to be talking about that today, why that happens. Get you some new tools and help you persuade and influence on command. Remember, I can be reached at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com or go to the website MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's the place for the archives. The place to take your free Persuasion IQ assessment to see where you rank. And I even give you a nice gift for that. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you will enjoy it. Or just pick up the new edition of Maximum Influence for free. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. It's also the place to get all the information you need, especially InfluenceUniversity.com if you want the advanced tools. Let's get into the geeky, scholarly article of the week. A while back, one of the articles was from the University of Michigan on Zoom fatigue and what to do about it, that you get it. Here's how you get better from it. Let's take a deeper dive from Stanford University, Professor Jeremy Balin's son, in the Journal of Technology, Mind, and Behavior. This time, we're going to figure out why it happens. Man, I did 25 hours. I was exhausted. It takes more energy, more bandwidth. It's just crazy. You would think it would be easier, simpler. Especially because you can do it in your sweats because they just see the top part of your body. So he goes in to talk about the psychological consequences of spending hours every day on Zoom and other chat platforms. It's a trend around the world, obviously, with things that are happening. Who knows what the new normal is going to be? But there are millions of meetings every day that are online that keep people physically apart. And so he's identified four things why we have this Zoom fatigue. The first one, excessive amounts of close eye contact is highly intense. So there's two pieces here. The amount of eye contact at all the eyes on the screen and the size of the faces on the screen is unnatural. You see, at a normal meeting, you know, we're looking at the speaker, we're taking notes, we're looking around, looking at the door, looking at your computer, looking at our cell phone. But on a Zoom call, everyone is looking at everyone all the time. The listeners treated like the speaker. The eyes are always there. So even if you don't speak at a meeting, you still have all the faces looking at you. Whether they're looking at you, you feel like they're looking at you. So this eye contact is increased. And we already know people have fear, social anxiety, public speaking. All the eyes are on you and you're not even speaking. At least most of the time. And part of that, he says, is your monitor. A lot of times these video conferencing calls can appear too large for comfort. And you're seeing a face, 
at a size that simulates someone in your personal space with someone you know really well. Now, all of a sudden, this stranger's face or someone you don't want to know very well is in your space. So what happens is your brain interprets that as an intense situation. Are we going to date this person? Is this conflict? They're in our face. And I'll add a super high mental bandwidth that can be exhausting. Number two, he says, seeing yourself during video chats constantly in real time is fatiguing. He says, most of the platforms show a little video of you in a square. He says, in the real world, nobody's following you around with a mirror. Where you're always looking at yourself, looking at yourself when you're talking, looking at yourself making decisions, looking at yourself when you're giving feedback. That would be crazy. He says, that's unnatural. Because when we look in the mirror, we're critical of ourselves. Oh, there's our flaws. Oh, I'm smiling. I'm not smiling. RBF. <laughs> that causes a lot of stress and a lot of negative emotional consequences. Number three, video chats dramatically reduce our mobility. Because usually we can walk around with our cell phones. We talk. That's kind of a natural thing. And when you use a camera, there's just a little view you can't move as much, and you're probably sitting down, and your movement's limited. They mentioned some research, and I've seen research too, that the more you move, even move your hands, the better you perform cognitively. And number four, the cognitive load is much higher in video chats. Because in regular face-to-face -face interaction, nonverbal communication is natural. We can interpret gestures and nonverbal cues subconsciously. We can feel what's going on. But in video chats, it's not subconsciously. We have to be conscious about it. We have to work harder to send and receive those same signals. And I'll add to that too. Is your head in the middle of the video? Is your eye contact too high or too low? Your background? What's happening in the background? When you do make a gesture, you maybe want to exaggerate it. I've noticed doing presentations via Zoom and other platforms that, what do you lose? 30% of your energy and your gestures through the internet? I don't have a scientific basis for that number, but I do know we lose that energy through the internet through Zoom. What happens is adds a cognitive load when you're communicating. It takes a lot more to read people, understand people, than to just to feel it subconsciously. And he also says a lot of the gestures we do via online are very different than the gestures that we do face-to-face. -face. It's real. And I'll add to that too, since we can't move around, you're standing in one spot, it's killing my knees when I'm doing a stand-up presentation. Yeah, I mean, you're moving a little, but it's not like a stage where you're moving back and forth and can feel the energy of the audience. You can see the different eye contact. And now that you know what the issues are, why it's happening, you can slowly fix it so you do not suffer from Zoom fatigue. So let's dive into those 10 psychological techniques, tricks and tips to sell more and persuade faster. It all comes back to those subconscious triggers that the 95% of persuasion, influence, and selling involves that feeling inside. I like them. I don't like them. I trust them. I don't trust them. I better run. I better stay. Those feelings are triggers. It comes to the amygdala, the caveman brain, the monkey brain, whatever you want to call it, their feelings and they're real. A subconscious trigger could be an aroma that reminds you of a past sweetheart, music that increases your adrenaline level color that makes you excited or calm, trusting someone you met for the first time or distrusting, gestures that make you feel uneasy, maybe the tone of their voice is a turnoff, or maybe not connecting with someone because of how close they stand to you. Those are all subconscious triggers, and what I'm sharing with you is based on those triggers and based on science. Now, they're not in any particular order, but I'm going to go through the 10. We'll get through as many as we can today. 
Number one, top of the list, FOMO, fear of missing out. We can call it scarcity, psychological reactance. But basically, the studies show that missing out on something can have three, four, five times more emotional impact than gaining something. So losing $100 is going to have more effect on you emotionally than gaining $100. Now, this is high lactose cheesy. It's been abused. Sale ends today. Last you left in your size. You're like, okay, whatever, but it's real. Because we've all been burned before. I remember buying a car, everything was perfect. Like, I'll come back tomorrow with a check. He's like, oh, oh, someone's coming at seven o'clock tonight to look at this exact same car. And I'm like, okay, whatever, persuader. And I came back the next day and it was gone. So we've been burned. We've seen people lie. But when it's real, it makes a huge difference. When you see items in the store someone else has bought, Maybe a countdown clock. Get it before it's too late. A special offer. Not available in stores. Running out because of high demand are all part of that. Even if you were selling, for example, insurance, life insurance, you talk about the $10,000 of protection that you're going to get, and you're going to feel safe, and you're going to sleep better at night, and it's a safety net, versus this is always going to pull better. Hey, you can lose $10,000 a month if you don't have this protection every time. It's how it is. I remember being on a cruise with my wife. We were going to the island of Grenada. It's in the Caribbean. Talking to the couple at the dinner table the night before. They'd been there before. Tell us what to do, what to see, what's going on. And they said, you know, this is the only place on earth you can get nutmeg syrup. We're like, only place? Nutmeg syrup? And we got off. <laughs> we bought a bottle, which I think rotted in our cupboard. I don't think we ever tried. I didn't know what to do with this stuff, but you had to get it. You had to get it. You see the travel sites, three seats left at this price. Ah. You see the hotel sites, 42 people are looking at this site right now. They don't tell you they're all different dates, but hey. Or Disney's always been good at this. Hey, last time this decade for this DVD, for this movie. Now everything's coming to Disney Plus where there's only one spot. Really, you could watch anything Disney. Again, it's abused, but when you use it the right way, it's golden. How do we do this? Well, you have to make sure it's real. Don't make it up. Make sure they believe it, and they know why. Why does the sale end today? Why can you only take 10 people? Let them know why, and here is some science for you. Buffer it with some type of reward. Yep, sale ends today. If you can do it today, though, I give you an extra gig of data, an extra 10% discount, an extra coaching session. Whatever it is, that's the way to do it. Number two, story selling. I've talked about this before. But you have to understand that stories persuade without detection. It puts somebody in a subconscious trance, makes them easier to persuade. It grabs and keeps their attention. It triggers their emotions, which are more persuasive than logic. And that's why people buy. I mean, look at brands and products that have a story behind them. That is what people are looking for. It also allows you to connect with people. Some studies show it releases the trust hormone. We've talked about before in a previous podcast, the oxytocin. And stories are very motivating. You need to start creating a story list on your phone or your computer. Stories from coworkers, stories from your life, stories that you've heard that you love. You have to learn to tell stories. They're powerful. See, the key to a story is not just to tell a story for fun, but to take a look at your prospect, the problem they're having, the objection they're having, maybe the mental hurdle they're having, like fear. You tell a story about somebody similar in the same situation that had the same thought, objection, problem, or hurdle. Now they're listening, they're paying attention, they're looking for a solution. 
And the solution to the story is a solution that they need, which gets them over the fence that causes them to buy. I could tell you to buy life insurance all day long, but the story, you know, Bob, four kids, uh, driving home, bad weather. I'll stop there, but you know, you know, the end of that story should be more powerful than any fact, figure, or statistic. You still need those, but you have to have a story. For example, this is a story that I would use if my audience or prospect was taking their time to make a decision or I was presenting something that was life-changing, or to illustrate the power of the goal of improving your life and becoming better. Here it is. This guy had just gotten home. It was Saturday. This guy was excited to watch some TV, some sports, got the chips, was hanging out, feet up, and he was relaxing. His roommate comes running in and says, Dude, 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 get dressed. Let's go. I have discovered a gold mine. Hurry up. Let's go. Get a shovel. Let's go. He's like, Well, uh, how far is it? He says, it's a gold mine. Let's go. It's just up here. We can hike to it. Well, how long is it going to take? It's a gold mine. Come on, let's go. Do they have Wi-Fi up there? It's a gold mine. Get your shovel. Let's go. Well, I don't have a shovel. How much do shovels cost? He's like, it's a gold mine. We're going to go dig money out of the ground. Come on, let's go. And he says, I don't know. The game's on here in an hour. <laughs> I'll just stop there. And we can go on and on with that story, but it illustrates like, wait a minute. We stumble over Wi-Fi or sports or the cost of a shovel when the reality is there's a gold mine out there and they made all these excuses not to get to the gold mine. And that's a story you could use with a variety of things and that's a story you could put on your story list. Great stories are two to three minutes, very descriptive. And in their mind, your prospect's mind, they can see it, taste it, touch it, and feel it. So practice telling your stories. Number three, contact your leads as soon as possible. I'd say within five minutes, 10 minutes at the most. And that could be a phone call. That could be an email. Contact them as soon as possible. Science tells us that buyers are more likely to purchase, to buy, close to the time when they raised their hand or made that inquiry. Every second, every minute you wait before you contact them, there's a huge drop in their interest level. You cannot wait, especially with attention spans being at an all-time low. You can't wait. As we're thinking, oh, after lunch, I'll give them some time. I'll contact them tomorrow. It's Monday. It's Friday afternoon. No, no. Huge mistake. I mean, it plummets dramatically from the first couple minutes to the end of that first day. Always respond as fast as you can. In fact, there's a study done by Lead Response Management, and they found that you're 100 times more likely to contact somebody if you respond within five minutes. And you're much more likely to qualify that lead because you have to understand it's on their brain. They're under the ether. They're feeling the emotion. They are interested. That's why they reached out. Don't wait. Contact them immediately. Number four, I call it price priming. So the way you expose your price, show your price can matter. Because we've all seen things that are $19.99. It's called left digit effect. The brain, and this could depend on how you read, those who lead left to right, the brain sees the left first. So $9.99, our brain sees nine bucks. Now, logically, if we think about it like, oh, that's 10 bucks, but I'm talking about those emotional subconscious triggers. So we naturally look to the left. That's the first one we see. 
We especially see it at places like Walmart, but they've changed. Now they end with a number seven. When the right digit ends at an odd number, it's more persuasive because it just says $10 or $100,000 or $20. It sounds like you've pulled it out of the air. So the right digit effect, it should end at the number seven. That's the most persuasive. Another thing you can do is remove the comma and it doesn't look as big. Maybe just show them the payments. This is a sad note, but now we think of payments more so than the overall price. So don't put the big price over three years what it is. If you just say, hey, 37 bucks a month, that's your payment. That can be helpful to you. Maybe you want to do some contrast. I call it the law of contrast between the actual price and the sales price. So the actual price is big and it's bold and it's scary at the big dollar sign. And maybe the sales price is a little smaller, not bolded, a nicer color, and it looks dramatically much more inexpensive than the actual price. Another one I saw in a restaurant study that using the dollar sign can hurt. It makes it look more. Just get rid of the dollar sign. BOGO or buy one, get one, that's a powerful one. In fact, study shows when you say buy one, get one free, had a 40% bump over 50% off. Or you can use another technique within contrast. So if I'm selling a dress and I start at $200 and now it's $77, do you hear that? $77, $77. I would make sure the $200 is still visible on the price tag and show the new price. I might even show the whole sequence of a drop-in. So now I'm getting a $200 dress for $77. What a deal. And the final one for today, doesn't look like we'll get to all 10. I'll do that next week. Optimism. Now, I'm not talking about the person that's so optimistic that you want to hit them. The glass is not only half full, it's always full. You're like, wait a minute. But we know optimistic people live longer, make more money, sell better, have more friends. Hello, and you can learn optimism. Psychologist Martin Seligman wrote a book on learn optimism. I recommend it. If it's an issue for you, it's a great classic book. Especially now, we don't want to be around a negative, pessimistic people that sucks the life out of you, like Aunt Edna at a family gathering. You don't even talk to her. and She does. just sucks the energy from you. In fact, I was doing research for Laws of Charisma. This is one of the attributes of charismatic, influential people is optimism. They transfer energy instead of sucking energy. And remember, this can be learned. In fact, Dr. Seligman spent 30 years looking at over a million salespeople and he says, yeah, this is it. This is important. In fact, he spent a lot of time looking at people selling insurance and other sales professions. And every time, every study, optimists consistently outsold pessimists. In fact, another study involving salespeople, they looked at different industries. And they found, on average, optimists outsold pessimists by 30%. Just saying, especially now, people full of fear and FOMO and FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt, anxiety, depression. They need someone that's optimistic. Again, not the person that's so optimistic it drives you crazy, but optimism, true optimism, is you know you're going to get there. You're not sure how sometimes, but you know you're going to get there. There'll be bumps in the road. There might be some road construction, roadblocks. You might have to take a different route, but you're going to get there. That's the optimism we're talking about. Not that Everything's perfect. Let's smell flowers. Everything's great. But I'm talking about good, true optimism. People need that energy. And when you have that, they're easier to sell and persuade. So I'm going to stop there, finish the rest next week on the 10 psychological techniques that help you sell more and faster. Appreciate your time. Give me your comments, your thoughts. 
If there's things you want to hear on the show, send me that email at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We talked about quite a few things today, but choose one. Put it in your influence toolbox and go out and persuade with power.